0: Garth, a uh, co host for the Fantasy Six Pack Hour podcast. Um, this is my first um, shot at being the number one host, I guess. Uh, Joe is off tonight. We'd like to uh, send our congrats to him and, and his family for welcoming in uh, baby boy bonds to the world uh, very early this morning, around 2 a.m. actually. So, congrats to Joe think he's gonna to try to call in here at some point a little later, so we'll we'll keep an eye out for him. Uh, but I'd also like to uh go ahead and welcome on Tyler Thompson as my co host tonight. He is uh, a writer for fantasy sixpack dot Uh and he will he typically focuses on the baseball and football end of things. So Tyler, how you doing man?
1: I'm doing great. Uh how about yourself?
0: I'm doing pretty well, thanks. Pretty well. Just, uh, like I said, trying to, to get my bearings here since Joe's usually the one handling all this stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah.
1: I'll try to help as much as I can. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I have to uh, make a quick correction there. It's fantasysixpack.net. I should probably know that since I used to write for the site as well. <laughs> uh, but either way, all right, so... Um, yeah, like I said, I just want to get get started here. We're we're basically going to have our show is is starting off with a, a quick recap of week one, uh, with a little bit of in-depth uh, you know diagnosis and talk of uh, the young quarterback performances that we saw from this week. Um, but first, before we get into that, I just want to talk a little bit of baseball, uh, fantasy baseball playoffs. Um, so congrats to you you're uh, you're in the championship game here in the the fantasy six pack league what um how, how how's your matchup going I, I since I didn't even make the playoffs I've kind of not been paying too much attention so
1: Oh man it's a it's a no biter um so the deal here is I am the uh, the two seed and I'm facing the one seed this week um so the way that the uh the playoffs work the tiebreaker is simply higher seed so not only do i have to yeah so not only i have to win you know 6 out of the 10 categories in order to uh to take home the prize but um i've got some uh i've got i think like 8 starting pitchers that i feel pretty confident in their starts going into uh the weekend so hopefully i can pull out a, a squeaker for this thing
0: yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm rooting for you. I don't really know the other guy, but I'm pretty sure he destroyed me when we played. So um, yeah. he's, any kind he's of revenge, uh, revenge by proxy I can get here with you winning, I'm, I'm definitely all for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I myself am, uh, am surging towards the championship game in, in my last remaining league. I had three leagues this year, including the fantasy six-pack one, obviously. And then my Dynasty League, but this is uh my last league and I've got a, a pretty solid lead on the guy. I'm you know, coming in this, this weekend will will be our last games as well, and then we have another two weeks left for the championship matchup. So
1: Oh wow. We'll
0: see how it pans out. Could be either a matchup of me versus the guy that I played in the first uh the first round of the playoffs in my dynasty league. Um, he's the commissioner and he destroyed me 13, uh, to one. We tied one. Oh. Um, so I was, Oh, 13th and one, uh, was not very fun to, to watch that at the end. But so if I play him, uh, I don't think he's actually won in that league yet, uh, my other league. So he'd be a first time champion. I'd be a two time. And then the, uh, the other guy that I'd be playing as the commissioner in that league who's, uh, you know, one of my bosses at work. So lots of lots of uh, fun riding on that one. But, um, yeah, not not really too much to talk about in baseball. I think most of the people, if you're n- not in the playoffs, you pretty much already moved on to football. So we can, uh, we can go ahead and do the same here as well. Uh, the last thing I wanted to start off mentioning is last week we had talked about some – position battles on, uh, on some of the various teams, uh, you know, coming out of preseason. And um, we hit on the Sammy Coates versus uh, Eli Rogers with Pittsburgh. And um, I, I was pulling for Sammy Coates, thinking he was going to be the guy, but based on uh, this, this past game in week one, it looks like Rogers had, uh, you know, had the better game with 11 points to Coates' five um, he also had you know an uptick in targets uh, with seven versus three to coach. Uh, the yardage was right about the same, so you know that's kind of a bust. But Rodgers had that that funky bounce touchdown, um, awesome. so that definitely helped. Yeah, definitely helped his uh, his his uh, uh, cause and everything. Those point totals are also on standard league. So, um, but anyway, so let's go ahead and uh, talk about week one here um like i said we i kind of want to just go through and and highlight the uh the the young quarterback performances and these are basically all guys who are 28 or younger uh so i kind of nicknamed this segment the good the bad the ugly uh to to talk about them all and we'll just kind of you know go back and forth here see what we got um so i'll start it off here the first guy i've got on on the list is mr andrew luck who had a a pretty stellar 35 points uh, in standard league scoring. Again, all these point totals will be standard leagues. Um, Went 31 for 47 with 385 yards, had uh, an additional 21 yards rushing on, on three, three carries four touchdowns, no interceptions, two sacks and one two point conversion. So you know, with these stats, I want to ask you what you think: Is he officially back, or is this too early to tell?
1: Oh man, I, I watched that game between the Colts and the Lions, and it it looked like uh, it looked like 2014 all over again for the Colts—just terrible defense, um, atrocious in the running game, and uh, they just asked. <laughs> a ton of uh, Andrew Luck. They put a lot on his shoulders, and he uh, he looked very good. I mean, I am very much on the edge of declaring him officially back. Um, he was spreading the ball around really well. I mean, when a guy named, who was it, Jack Doyle scores two touchdowns. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's spreading, he's spreading the rock around. So, um yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm inclined to say that uh, Andrew Luck is back. He's a he's back at his uh, top three, top four quarterback status.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I I think uh, I mean it, it it is still early. It's only one game. You know, they were down, so you knew he was going to be throwing the ball. Uh, they still got Old Man River. Um, you know Frank Gore uh, as the the main back there, and you know I do like Gore. He's he's Mr. Consistent. He, he'll get you points, and you know he's not sexy or whatever. He's not the new hot rookie or anything like that. But he he consistently gets points. But I just think coming in and, and throwing up the most points in week one. You know he's making a statement and. I think if their defense can somehow get it figured out and start to actually uh you know, put it together and, and stop allowing points, you know, this could be a very very dangerous team. So, we'll uh we'll move on to the next guy here and and then uh we'll see what uh we got we got uh, our our buddy Richard here on the line. Uh Richard, you there?
2: Yes. Uh How you doing AJ? I'm
0: doing nice well, to be on Nick. the show? Yeah. Absolutely. Good to have you back on. So what are your what are your thoughts on Luck here?
2: Uh too early to tell, but I mean the outlook is uh is definitely on the positive. I mean, if you uh I think what from comparison to comparing to last year when he was out and he wasn't he wasn't it wasn't 100% uh, even when he was in the starts but he looks a lot better this year that start with i mean it is it is early but it's uh, definitely uh trending in the right direction from the first game
0: all right cool yeah well let's see we'll see how he does like i said i think it's going to be a lot on his shoulders if the defense you know, keeps letting up as many points as they did and and uh doesn't get it together here sooner rather than later. Um next next guy we want to talk about is uh is Mr. Jameis Winston from Tampa Bay. So I'll let you go ahead and start off with him there, Tyler.
1: Yeah, so uh facing the Falcons last week, Winston had a very solid fantasy day, twenty five points um, twenty three of thirty two for two hundred eighty one yards, four touchdowns, through a through one pick. Um so it's a bright start for uh for the youngin and uh he was spreading the ball around as well. Uh, what what's your your guys' take on uh on his performance in week one and moving forward? I'll start with you, Richard.
2: Well when I uh well before the season started, Jameis Winston was one of the guys that I thought would be um probably one of the biggest fantasy improvers of of in the quarterbacks because um last year he was a rookie just feeling feeling things out um, he's got a good running game uh to uh to help him uh you know set up pocket pocket passing and uh and Mike Evans is uh a wonderful target for him he loves him and uh and he's got that veteran uh, Vincent Jackson He's 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 got he's got a perfect setup, actually for for uh, for having a good consistent fantasy season this in twenty sixteen. Yeah,
0: I I think Winston. You know, we all saw what he did last year. He was uh, you know on top of his game. He came in, he was a solid rookie quarterback. And you know, typically I I personally tend to try to stay away from rookies unless. I know that they're kind of real deal um, and he was one of those guys that was kind of, you know, a free agent for a while. And then he got picked up and used for a couple of weeks, but if he had a bad game, he got dropped, you know, a typical, you know, waiver wire type guy. But once he started getting consistent and staying consistent, he was owned and I unfortunately missed the boat on him. But, You know, I like what he put together uh, in game one, obviously, going up against, um, you know, a division opponent. It's a a big game, you know, early in the season, and he came out and made a good statement here. Um, I do feel like the rushing yards are are weak, but that's going to come. I mean, I, I think we saw what he did last year, and he is one of the more mobile quarterbacks. Um, in the league, I feel like so I'm not too worried about that. Um, but again, you know, another four
1: touchdown performance,
0: so it's it's uh, definitely good to go.
1: Yeah, I'd like to expand on Richard's point a little bit about the setup, how just how good it is. I mean, he's got the receivers, he's got two running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield: Charles Sims, Doug Martin, um, to a lesser extent, and then. Surprisingly he had some uh they had three tight ends rolling last week. I mean even Brandon Myers got some love. He got uh got a touchdown of his own. Austin Safari Jenkins made a ridiculous touchdown catch, so um yeah the yeah uh, Yeah,
2: he's he's got the weapons, doesn't he, Tyler? Uh, I think that's I think that's a big, big plus in his favor for, for a good fantasy year.
1: It reminds me a little bit of what uh, Blake Bortles experienced last year. He kind of, uh, you know, had a eh, not a great rookie year, and then last year just blew up. He, you know, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, Julius Thomas, it all just came together. I think Jameis Winston's kind of finding finding a groove like that right now. Um, and from Jameis Winston, we go to um, Oakland. Derek Carr had himself a fantastic fantasy day. Um, I mean. Let's be real, he was the quarterback that was playing the Saints this week, so uh, 24 of 38 for 319 yards and a touchdown, and a couple of two-point conversions, one of them, which was uh, pretty gutsy by the, uh, the Oakland staff, um, that accumulated 21 fantasy points for Mr. Carr. Um, what say you, AJ? What, how do you uh, see Carr playing out the, the next couple weeks, rest of the season?
0: Yeah, I like Carr a lot this year. Uh I like the whole Oakland offense really. Um that two point conversion was ballsy and I love the call. Uh you know, I love Jack Dalre saying early in that drive, hey guys, we're gonna go down here, we're gonna score, and we're going for two and we're winning this damn game. You know, that confidence that he has, even if there was any kind of doubt in his mind when he said that just him saying that to to get it into the head of his players and let them go down and drive that field, and then they're like, okay, well, coach already said we're doing this. Let's go ahead and do it, and let's win this game. And when you got you know the the strong grip of Michael Crabtree in there, uh, toss you know jump jump ball, it was beautiful play. I, I, I mean, I like I said, I really like Carr this year. I think you know, the yardage yeah. total is really nice getting above three hundred yards too in game one. You know, anytime you get up above three hundred it's a solid solid day. Um I, I do want to see more touchdowns out of them. Um and I think that will come with um you know with these receivers he has there uh you know between Crabtree and, and Amari Cooper um and uh even uh Wofford their 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 tight end. So I'm not too worried about the one touchdown. I know that you know the running game was getting going there.
2: So, what, uh, what do you think, uh, Richard? Well, I think uh, you can't overstress the point on that on that uh, two point conversion. It's not just the coaching decision. It's actually, like you say, it's it's Derek Carr that's got, the one that's got to execute it. And uh, Jack Del Rio says, "Yep, you go ahead and you get it." And you get it done, and he does it, and so that that tells you a lot about uh, um, his his poise, and that, and that takes uh, takes what they call a little bit of swagger to do that as well. I mean, he would have been, I think, Jack Del Rio would have been just as confident of uh, of the of his Raiders to go into overtime, but he he felt good enough to uh, to let Carr Carr do that. I don't think I don't think we can understate that point. For uh, Derek Carr's uh, abilities as a quarterback, for for something like that, that takes nerve, it takes nerve, and yeah. uh, and execution, and they did it perfectly. They did, and you know,
0: it again. I think it it not only sent the message to his team, "Hey, we're here to play, we're here to win," but they're going to carry that confidence throughout, you know, the rest of the season. I feel like so. um Either way, uh, let's, let's move on to our last guy here of the good. Um, we'll call him the great white hope and, uh, in Philadelphia here, Mr. Uh, Ginger Spice, Carson Wentz, uh, went, went, uh, twenty twenty-two for 37, 278 yards, uh, only had one yard rushing on two attempts, had two touchdowns though, uh, no interceptions and, and two sacks, um, so again we're 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 bringing up the sacks just in case you play in a league where you lose points for that um which i don't believe is part of the standard so uh the 19 points is, is a nice start for uh, we uh you know for for everything that that's been the drama of the eagles off season with the quarterbacks and you know the draft moving up to get the guy but, I mean, he just exudes confidence, and uh, I, I really like that about him, that he, he wasn't scared one bit. You know, once he got that first play under his belt, okay, let's do this. I'm here to play. Um, you know, so I, I like I like the game from him. Uh, I, I, You know, the yardage is, is solid for a first game. Uh, the touchdowns are nice, you know, and, and if he can build on both of those, I think he'll – There'll be a force coming uh you know, coming through in the middle of the season here. What uh what do you think on that, Tyler?
1: Man, I had to write down those nicknames. Those were uh, pure gold. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I mean he looked he looked great out there. I mean, let's keep in mind it was the Browns defense and they just look like they're gonna be a mess for a franchise this year. But I mean some of those throws that he was making were you know indefensible that uh specifically that uh that first touchdown pass to Jordan Matthews I don't know if you guys saw that um it was like a over the shoulder catch uh near the front pylon just perfectly placed ball um he's got the touch passes um i mean he looks good he looks very good the skills there uh the moxie's there um i got to see more i got to see him do it against better defenses or at least you know, division rivals on the road, but uh, it's definitely a good start for uh, Mr. Wentz. What do you think, Richard? Uh, Mr. I
2: just got Mr. Ginger Spice. It's it's classic. <laughs> I just got <laughs> it's it's perfect. But you know, you, you made the point though. Uh, though it is the Browns and. But I think I think the bottom line is is that they let go of Sam Bradford without any hesitation, so obviously they have a lot of confidence in Wet's, Wets uh with the Eagles. So they're they're gonna they're gonna stick with them. They're gonna move with him. And uh, he looked good in his first game. But then again, Marcus Mariota looked really good in his uh, rookie debut. So, but uh, so we gotta we we'll just take this as a you know as a good opening. What it is a good opening for uh for, the, for his uh fantasy account and uh and move forward from there um they're uh yeah they're they're up against I a little think, tougher company this week but not too bad
0: yeah i i you know i obviously failed to mention that it was the browns but still it's uh it's a nice step and, and you know we we looked at this situation and kind of figured how's this going to pan out all year What's going to happen? Um, but, you know, if, if they can keep this momentum going, uh, I like it. Um, but I wanted to uh, go ahead and take a quick break from our good, bad, and ugly and uh, talk to Mr. Handsome himself, Joe Bond. How's it going there, Mr. Uh, Mr. New Dad?
3: It's going on, man? Pretty good. Pretty tired. But uh,
0: it's all good. For a good reason, man. Yeah, absolutely. I know the feeling of the uh, the no sleep zone that you're uh, currently in and <laughs> probably will be in for the next uh, yeah, two to three weeks.
3: Oh, probably longer than that, but yeah, it's not it's not any easier at the hospital where the staff bothers you every 30 minutes. But you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it's uh, I'm trying not to say that too loud. I'm actually in the hospital, so I don't want them to like hate me.
2: Uh, <laughs> Yeah.
0: What's that? I'm
3: sorry. Did you
2: need
0: something? No, nope, yeah,
3: nope. exactly. Just, uh, just talking about how annoying you guys are. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, I don't. I don't know what you guys have actually covered yet. I just. I just. Chimed, you know. I just called in a couple minutes ago. Started listening to the Derek Carr and and uh, Carson Wentz talk, but uh, I wanted to ask you guys' an opinion on something real quick, and uh, I. Because I honestly I don't know what to think about this guy the rest of the season, and it's Sammy Watkins, and I and I know I don't know if you guys actually talked about him or if you're uh, or if you're planning on talking about him later in the show, but uh, I don't think I saw it on the schedule. You did send it to me, but yeah, Sammy no, Watkins, we do not have what him are, what are on you here. what are you guys doing about this guy the rest of the season? I'm scared to death of him. I've gotten multiple trade questions regarding him on Twitter and I'm just telling people to run away.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I mean, he's an interesting case uh, for sure. He he hasn't seemed to been able to shake any of this injury bug um, ever. And and it's a shame because he was such a talent coming out of college. Um, And when he's healthy, I mean, we've seen the explosiveness that he has, especially against the Jets last year uh, in that second game. But I mean, with these, these continued little ticky tack injuries, I I don't own him in any of my leagues and, and I'm happy about that. Um, you know, it, it just depends on whether or not I want to go after him in a DFS league. And I think it's going to be obviously dependent on if he's playing. So yeah, I mean he's playing
3: tonight, but he was big questionable the whole time, and uh, yeah. and so you know I think you went out there, and I I'm I'm not gonna be able to watch the game here, but it's uh you know my feeling is and I and I ranked him all the way down in like the 60s this week. I think he's gonna be a decoy. I mean I just don't see how he can do it. This foot injury we've seen it in AJ. You and I talked on this a few weeks ago. You know in the preseason when this foot injury <clears throat> was just kind of hanging around. These foot injuries can just crush a Receiver fantasy value. We see it almost every year now. It seems like, and it's big time mm-hmm. guys that we see it. You know, Des Bryant, Julio Jones had it a few years ago. Edelman, you know, is kind of dealing with it, but had it more last year. You know, these guys, they just they get this injury and it it, it ruins them. You know, so yeah. I mean, I'd like to get everybody's take on it, and then and then I'll let you guys go, and finish up the show. All right. Yeah. Go ahead, Tyler. Well, um, these
2: are valid. Uh, Well, these are to me. That's a these are valid concerns with Sammy Watkins. I don't own him. He was never targeted for me, partly because um, I just when it comes to Bill's receivers, he's pretty much it. Apart from Robert Woods. Now, Robert Woods, uh, as a second as a second receiver, to me is kind of on the is is pretty weak for a second receiver. He's probably one of the weakest uh, second receivers in the league. And if you're only if you if you're depending on Sammy Watkins, who are they going to key on? They're going to key on Watkins, and plus what Joe mentioned about the uh, about the injuries as well. So it has me concerned about Sammy Watkins and and basically the Bills uh, offense altogether. I mean, I always say if uh, if a team is going three and out, so do your fantasy points.
1: Yeah, good point. I I really don't have anything to add. Same here, I don't own Watkins anywhere, and I was actually hoping to get him in a couple places, and now I'm glad that that didn't happen. But, um, I mean, he's, uh, like you guys said, just the injury history and uh, everything behind that, I just, uh, yeah, I'd be be worried if I was a Watkins owner. I would kind of gauge what happens tonight um, in tonight's game against the Jets, to uh you know see where he's at and uh just move on from there. I I mean, yeah, he's really kind of a polarizing player after week 1. Yeah, I think Clay's a bit dinged
2: up too, isn't he? So he's he, Yeah, uh, he is. So Ty- Taylor uh, doesn't have that
1: either. Yeah, I mean, yeah and spoiler definitely alert, a, the, it's it's that um, I just watched good. Marquise Goodwin um Goodwin had as a it. second yeah. receiver. Yeah, just had a huge bomb of a touchdown, so you know, maybe that, maybe that, he steps up, but
0: that should have been a Watkins play, though. That that play right there is designed right. for Sammy Watkins at maybe even ninety percent healthy. Um, but something like this with a foot, I mean, it's just going to linger. It's it's if you don't rest it and you're trying to practice, you're trying to you know run on it in general. It's not going to be good. Um, And and it's going to be something that's going to hang around all season, I'm afraid, until it gets to the point where he's going to get shut down. So uh, the one thing to look at, too, is, um, you know, on the plus side, is that this being a Thursday night game, they didn't have a lot of practice time coming into this game, you know, from Sunday. Um, And and it was a tough, you know, hard-fought game Sunday against the Bengals. That they ultimately ended up losing. So, you know, I, I I do like the idea that he's got a couple extra days to rest it after this game, uh, assuming he doesn't, you know, hurt himself more um, in this game. But other than that, it's it's definitely a concern.
3: Yeah, and and I'll finish with this: the the question that I got, one one of the ones that really had me thinking and I think three weeks ago this would have been a slam dunk, the, the trade was, would you trade Ryan Matthews for Sammy Watkins? And it really got me. It kind of stopped me. I was like, hmm, I don't know. But ultimately I told him, no, it's not worth the risk. Like you could literally get zero from Watkins just about the entire year, and at least Matthews is the starting running back for the Philadelphia Eagles.
2: To me, it's it's like trading plate glass for plate glass.
3: <laughs> yeah, but at least Matthews doesn't currently have an injury.
2: No, no, that's true. But you know what I mean.
3: No, yeah, I do know what uh, you mean. He's very fragile. But <laughs> all right, well, guys, thank you for having me on. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to bounce get back to the wife and the kid. Uh, but all right, have fun on. doing the rest of the show. Oh, and, congratulations! Uh, we'll catch so up with you all later. Thank great, you, guys. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right, bye. All
0: right. All right. Well. uh uh, there, there goes our, our beloved co-host on most normal weeks, uh, Mr. Joe Bond. Uh, so we wish him and family the best right now, and wish him some some sweet dreams once he finally gets to sleep. Uh, hopefully, they're not nightmares about Sammy Watkins. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's get back to the quarterback discussion here. Uh, we're gonna try to rip through these other last couple guys here to talk about. So let's move on from the good to the bad. And when I initially started writing these up, I I didn't necessarily want like to call them the bad because you know they're not they're not really horrible. Um, they're just kind of average, mediocre games. But I feel like uh, at least three of these four guys that we're going to mention here are are definite you know guys that that people looked at as. Having a much better game than what they did. Um, so, the first guy I want to highlight here is uh, Marcus Mariota. Had 15 points, uh, standard league again. But here again, it's another guy with over 40 attempts, uh, completed 25 for 41. Uh, he had 271 yardage, um, another 19 yards rushing uh, on four attempts, had two touchdowns, only one interception. Only two sacks, uh, but he also had a fumble lost. So my my big kicker with him, as far as even bringing him into this, is that both of those turnovers changed the entire landscape of that game and and put Minnesota on top. Um, so that's that's kind of the concern for me uh, as far as both of them immediately going for scores with Minnesota's defense. What, where do you see him coming in as a a legitimate, you know, guy that you can count on Richard?
2: I, I don't, I, you know, I've really, really gone off, uh, Marcus Mariota. I, I think he's, I think he's a slower project than Jameis Winston from last year. Um, he has he doesn't he doesn't have the receiving core um, talent that winston has uh, i mean delaney walker is probably to me is probably his best target and the emerging jay sharp he's another story but i i am i am off of uh, marcus mariota um, the bandwagon just can can just keep on going with him uh even even if he has uh even if he's able to string a couple of big games together. The only good thing about the Titans is that they're in a they're in a rather soft division, so he might be able to get some he might be able to get some good games out of that. But other than that, um I'm really, really down for him as as a, as a bye week Phil. I'd rather have Wentz. At right now.
1: What? Well, let's not forget that uh, it's the Vikings defense. I mean, that's an elite defense. That's a top five defense, in my opinion. Um, so he's not gonna he's not gonna be facing the Vikings defense every week. Like you said, he's gonna be facing some divisional opponents that might be a little softer. But uh, I mean, so I'm not on the bandwagon for Mariota. But like every now and then, I'll like hop on it, hop off. You know, just say my piece, hop off. Um he's still a streaming option in my opinion. I, I I think uh he's still ahead of Wentz for me. But you know, if someone's treating him like you know, someone that they just keep on their roster, I, he's more of a waiver wire quarterback option for those that aren't in two quarterback leagues and you just pick up every time you need him for a, for a streaming day, but um I'd like to see I'd like to see the turnovers him limit the turnovers a little bit the last uh the last uh I guess seventeen or well, I guess he didn't play in some of the games last year, but two thousand sixteen so far and two thousand fifteen last year, um his interception percentage is like top five in the league and uh he gets sacked amongst the most um the highest, you know, ranked quarterbacks out there, so um you know, he's gotta he's gotta figure out that aspect of the game to be able to fully mature and um uh, you know, and succeed in that offense.
0: Yeah, I, overall, I I like Mariota. I agree that he's a little bit more of a project. Um, you know, and honestly, I, I'm glad that I, I I'm glad that he didn't. You know, Chip Kelly didn't go all haywire like the Eagles did this year for Went to jump up and get Mariota last year. He had a solid season last year for a rookie, but I just think he's a little bit more of a project, and not that Wentz isn't, um, by any means. But just like I said earlier, when we were talking about him, just the confidence that he seems to exude, and the fact that you know he he wants to prove he's ready to go, and and he's fired up. Um, you know, I I love that, and and I think that that fits really well in the the Philly fan base. Um, whereas Mariota's is a little bit more of a, yeah, you know, I don't want to call him shy, but he just doesn't seem to have that air about him. He's he's a very level-headed, um, you know, smart player, um, and I, I think I think that he's he's definitely worth you know streaming um, or even in DFS if the price is right and the matchup is real nice for him. Against a weaker opponent, you know, uh, I wouldn't be afraid to, to go after him there. But uh, let's go ahead and move on. Who, who you got next for us, Tyler?
1: I've got uh, I've got Ryan Tannehill. Went up to Seattle, tough matchup. Um, put up 16 for 29, 186 yards. Um, had 17 yards on the ground. Um, didn't have any touchdowns or interception or any uh, interceptions, but. Got sacked five times, so uh fourteen points. Oh, it looked like he had a rushing touchdown as well. Um so fourteen points, I mean that's actually not bad for a for an average quarterback against a tough defense, but um nonetheless it's it's not uh in the top tier of fantasy QBs this week. So uh what uh what to expect from Tannehill moving forward? I ask you, Richard.
2: Well, I you know, Tannehill Will he ever be good? And I don't think a lot of it uh, is his fault. I think it's the, uh, well, there's, well, you know, Tyler, there's always this uh, this high expectation for Tannehill to, to, to for, for a team to challenge the New England Patriots for the division, but nobody ever seems to be able to do it. And, and it's always like Tannehill is, like when Brady's out, is Tannehill really the, uh, the best uh, quarterback in that division? I don't think so. I think maybe even uh, I think Tyrod Taylor right now is probably the the better quarterback without without Brady being in there. Well, maybe even Garoppolo. But uh, I but for that division, uh, I would say that uh, you know Tannehill is uh, at or near the bottom. I I think he's battling battling with Fitzpatrick for the for uh, for the bottom. To be honest. So I yeah I am really down on Ryan Tannehill this year.
0: I, I agree. I think he's a he's a a bad as an average quarterback at, at best. I mean, we have seen some good games from him, um, but the five sacks alone is very scary. The fact that he didn't even have thirty you know attempts in this game is scary, and then. Uh, you know, not even hitting 200 yards. Again, that's very scary. Uh, it's nice that he was able to add in, you know, no turnovers um, and the rushing touchdown. I mean, that that game alone was just an ugly game from the get-go. So I, I do think it was, you know, it's definitely a tough matchup going against Seattle's defense for him. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to just completely bash him because. it it was a tough matchup, but based on those, you know, it's one thing to have a tough matchup and temper your expectation, but it's another to see this output and then try to feel comfortable rolling with this guy as your quarterback throughout the year. Maybe in a two quarterback league, but. I'll
2: give him one. I'll give him one thing. Uh, Kenny Stills should have had that pass.
1: I was just about to say you know, if if Kenny Stills catches that ball, that's six more points and we're talking about him having a better week than Wentz, so Yeah
0: Yeah, I mean that's uh, but that's how it is that's how this game we play goes (laughs) and it's all about inches, it's all about catches you could have as many targets as you need, but if you don't do anything with the targets, then you're not going to have a good day. Um, I was talking about uh, Eric Decker in that manner with uh, my coworker earlier today. Just the fact that he had seven targets last last week and only had two catches, still had a good game because he got the touchdown. But you know, he could have had an a, an amazing game, and that could have potentially been the difference in that game for the Jets and they'd be coming into tonight, you know, one and O instead of zero and one. So, but, all right, well, let me, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll switch gears here. I'm just going to go ahead and move on since we're talking about this game already. The, uh, the, the last guy that we were going to talk about here, um, is Mr. Russell Wilson only had 11 points in this game. Um, but yet again, another over-40 attempt day. Uh, that's really the ongoing theme with these quarterbacks. Uh, you know, they're, they're just out there throwing the ball all over the place. So he, he had 27 completions um, across 43 attempts. 258 yards, pretty good for, for Wilson, I feel like. You know, that, that's kind of on par with where you would expect him to be, you know, not not including basically the ridiculousness that was that run at the end of last year uh, where he was just throwing the ball all over the place and running all over the place. Only had 16 rushing yards this week, so I, I think that'll definitely increase um, and, and you'll be able to depend on him a little bit more for, for rushing. Um, but only one touchdown, had an interception, also lost a fumble and, and was sacked three times. So, I mean, what do you what do you think about Wilson here, Richard? Is is he somebody that you're worried about, or is this just again a, a segment of that matchup, and both teams just weren't prepared?
2: Well, I, I'm. I was a little bit worried about Wilson because of, because of the foot injury he suffered afterwards. He some sort of sprained his ankle or something, but it turns out that he's, he's back on his feet and he'll be back in for week two. Uh, listen, this is the thing about Wilson. He, he gets into these, he gets into these, the pocket collapses for him a lot and he scurries around and he, and he tries to make plays, but teams are, teams are starting to figure out how to, how to prevent him uh, uh, and keeping the contain. And uh to prevent him from getting to the outside to uh to make those long uh rushing plays, you know, where he uh where he escapes where he escapes contain and he and then he runs for uh for about thirty yards. So teams are getting better at figuring him out. And so that's the only concern I have about Wilson. I think the good thing is is that Seattle is uh is morphing into a more balanced offense, or at least they try to, or Carroll tries to get this going um but they've still they still rely on the good old running game that they have and it uh and it, and it helps wilson so i'm not concerned about wilson i think down the road uh they'll uh they'll fix up the the problems they're good at that they're good at uh, adjusting as you noticed uh, last year like the if you compare it, uh from the first half of the season to the second half they they do uh they do coach things well to get things to fix stuff. So I'm, I'm okay with Wilson. This is a bad week. So I'll, I'll, I'll give him a pass this week, but we'll have to see.
1: Yeah. And his receivers didn't really help him that much. Um, He had a few drops um, that, you know, obviously would have helped his fantasy day. Not, you know, not very much more from 11 points, but um, I was reading the uh, the recap on pro football focus and they had his adjusted completion rate at 81% rather than the 63% that he had um, in this game. So I know, like we said earlier, you know, these things happen. It's fantasy football, but that's a pretty big uh, differential there in completion percentage. So the receivers, you know, weren't really helping him out that much this week. And he's got a good receiving core. Um, i, I think there's you know, I think this was just a blip on the radar and I mean especially if he's gonna be throwing the ball thirty five, forty times a game, he's he's gonna have uh, you know, some good luck this year.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think um you know overall I'm not too worried about Wilson. I'm a former owner of Wilson, you know, I, I didn't have him last year. I wish I did towards the end there, um to to you know take all that goodness in for my team, but I'm not too worried about him. And and Pete Carroll is, is awesome at finding ways to alter what they're doing and, and make what they want to do happen. So I'm not really too worried about it. Um, So we'll, we'll move on from, from him though. Uh, The last guy I want to touch on just real quick, uh, and then we'll move on to the uh, the ugly guys, is um, is Mr. Blake Bortles. We kind of mentioned him a little bit. And, um, you know, he, he had 14 points. Again, fairly average compared to a, a lot of the scores he put up last year. Uh, the yardage was definitely there. He was at 320 yards passing, you know, only two rushing, but I'm not really – buying into him as a Russian quarterback as it is, so I'm not worried about that. Um, Again, 39 attempts, uh, 24 completions. So, you know, I think that he was out there. He was slinging the ball around and everything, had only one touchdown, did have an interception, and was sacked three times. So, again, I think it's just an average game for Bortles, but, you know, a lot of people coming into this year – were high on him but I think even more so a lot of people were really low on him and you know he was the ultimate you know bust guy for this year so you know it, it'll be interesting to see what what happens with him I think he's going to end up playing better than 14 points a, a week kind of guy uh so I'm not too worried about him yet but We'll we'll see what you know the next couple of weeks bring before I'm I'm looking at at you know cutting cutting ties with him and throwing him back to the waiver wire um but yeah let's go ahead and move on so the last four guys here we'll, we'll just mention real quick cuz we're getting a little tight on time um the ugly um and, and these are just interesting guys all around um one one we kind of touched on a little bit and then the other the other three were, well, two of them are, are NFC East guys, and, and the third, literally, RG3, was a former, so, <laughs> former, former Redskin, NFC East guy. Um, but the four guys I got here, we got Mr. Deck Prescott uh, with a, a whopping 10 points. Again, 45 attempts, completed 25. 227 yards, 12 yards rushing, no touchdowns, no interceptions, no sacks, okay? We got Kurt Cousins at nine points, 30 for 43, again, 329 yards. We, we like the yardage, eight yards rushing on one attempt, whoop de uh, Zero touchdowns to two interceptions, no sacks, again, you know, the turnovers – I don't like the turnovers for that, but that was a that was a rough game to uh, start the season. Um Mr. RG Triple had eight points before he left the game. Um only 12 for 26, 190 uh, uh yeah, 190 yards, 37 yards rushing though. So, you know, of all these guys we're talking about, he was the one that had the most rushing yards. Um and and that's kind of where you looked at at him being you know, a a potential help for you if you had the gumption to go after him and and actually pick him up as a potential flyer. Um, But, again, no touchdowns, one interception and three sacks. Uh, And then a guy we touched on a little bit because of tonight's game, Mr. Tyrod Taylor, a very, very disappointing five points, Uh, 15 for 22. So it seems like that was the lowest output, um, but, I mean, a good completion uh, percentage, but a low number, only 111 yards with another 11 yards rushing. Again, no touchdowns, no interceptions is good, and two sacks. So, I mean, just overall, between all four of these guys, um, what what do you think, Tyler? I mean, are are you you know, overly worried about these guys? Are you even caring about any of these guys?
1: Yeah. So Prescott and RG three aren't guys that I'm really on my radar. Um, Especially, you know, we'll talk about the injury to RG three later, but um, and then Prescott just looked like he couldn't move the ball vertically very well. So um I will say I'm not worried about Tyrod Taylor. I think he got um, he got more points in one throw just a few minutes ago than he did all of last week. So I feel like he could be back on track, especially if Watkins can get healthy. But I think the boost he gives you in the rushing yards uh, definitely helps. I'm worried about Kirk Cousins. Um, that was a suspect Pittsburgh secondary that he really should have, you know, had his way with at home and – just didn't get it done. Um I mean, he's got the weapons there and it just uh it wasn't a good game. He, you know, poor poor passing in the red zone. Um really really decided that game and they got just they ended up getting blown out, but man, I'm uh, a little worried about Kirk Cousins and not a guy I was particularly high on going into the year, but I didn't think he'd have a game like this week 1.
2: Yeah, I think uh Cousins really needs uh a running game to open up the pass. Uh so that he can I mean he was targeting people like Crowder. Crowder uh getting a lot of targets. That kinda shows you that he's he's, he's just trying to uh improvise uh when he's got all these uh, much better but although I will say he did he was finding Deshaun Jackson a lot and getting and getting good garbage. But it never amounted to anything. It always bogged down in the red zone and they ended up kicking field goals. So uh, I'm not keen on Kirk Cousins. Dak Prescott. Uh I'm more worried, more concerned for Des Bryant actually, because Des Bryant seems to be and uh looking at the statistics, it looks very much like uh um Des Bryant is Tony Romo uh dependent and uh RG three the injuries you guys will talk about and and Tyrod Taylor, no worries at all. I'd own him. I'd own him, I'd still own him. I'd keep I'd I'd keep him. Don't don't throw him away, but uh, the other three, obviously RG3, uh, they're expendable from 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 your backup uh, quarterbacks in your bench. Tyler, Taylor, yeah, Tyler I, Taylor's a keeper. I,
0: I agree. I I love Tyrod. You know, he's a VT boy, so we we've, we've got an allegiance to him, mm-hmm. Joe and I, as it is. Um, and, and I really liked what he put together last year. I mean, I owned him last year and. and you know, wrote him into the playoffs. Um and he uh he's gonna produce. I am not too worried about him. Um I I think he'll have kind of up and down games. I don't think he's gonna have games that are this down though. Um Cousins definitely is concerning. Um again it was you know, a Monday night prime time game at home and if I remember correctly, he was supposed to be this, like, you know, completely imposing force at home and not lose games there. But we saw what happened with that game. I mean, he tried to come back at the end, and and like you said, he was definitely finding Deshaun a lot. Uh, He was looking for Crowder, um, just wasn't coming down with the ball, unfortunately, uh, for my DFS team. Um, Jack Prescott not much to say about it. I mean, other than he played awesome in the preseason and just like every year we have these guys who show up in the preseason and can put it together against other preseason teams with not necessarily full starters on, on the squad. And, you know, now he's in the first game and and this is what he does. So, you know, he, he might rebound from this. I think he will. And, and, you know, again, ten points at least at double digits, but you expect more from your quarterback, and um, he just didn't produce. So, um, but let's uh, let's go ahead and and sign off with with Richard here. I guess we uh, we appreciate you jumping on and and helping us out tonight with with Joe being out. Always appreciate yeah. your input and, and insight on everything.
2: So oh, we'll, cool. Yeah, thanks very much, and don't forget to uh, check out the Fantasy Edge tomorrow with uh, Kevin Huo and myself. We're having uh, Jonathan Chan on, and we'll review tonight's game amongst a whole bunch of uh, and Kevin's starts and sits of the week. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, uh, AJ, and uh, good luck with the rest of the show. See All you, right, sounds good. Appreciate thanks it. Sure. Okay, bye-bye. All right.
0: All right, so that was uh, Mr. Richard Seville. Uh, long time listener, long time guest. Uh, and uh, all right, well, let's move on. We already touched on uh, RG3 a little bit here. Um, obviously, the problem with him is that this is now the third year in a row where he's got a potentially season ending injury. Um, he's He's out for at least eight weeks after being placed on the IR with a fractured coracoid bone in his left shoulder, which I believe is his non-throwing shoulder. Um, you know, he's out for at least eight, but he could miss the entire season. Um, you know, the, the good news on this is for anybody out there that realized this was going to happen, excuse me, and uh, went ahead and picked up Josh McCown. Um, looks like he's going to be starting for Cleveland um which is a, a huge boost to any Gary Barnage owners. Um, the the stat that, that Tyler pulled up for me here is uh with McCown, uh Barnage last year averaged six receptions, nine targets, eighty six yards a game, and just under a touchdown per game at point eight six. So definitely uh definitely a welcome uh, welcome site for the Barnage owners after last week's big fat zero. Uh, next guy here actually just popped up tonight. Um, Andrew Luck, who we just talked about as well. He's back on the injury report for Indy. Um, it's another shoulder issue that we're seeing here. He was limited in today's practice um, and, and was also limited in last Wednesday and Thursday, but, from what I've been reading, it sounds like it's just a maintenance issue. He should be good to go this weekend, but definitely something to keep an eye on, um, especially after, you know, the, the comeback uh, that he posed in last week's game that we talked about. Um, Mr. Mister Legs, Spencer Ware out in Kansas City, has a, uh, a sprained toe right now and is uh, questionable to start this weekend. Um that definitely gives a boost to uh, Charcandric West owners um, or people looking at potentially picking him up on the the waiver wire. Uh, Ware had a huge game this past week um, in in Kansas City's uh, historic comeback against San Diego. Uh, He's a big part of that offense in in that game. So, you know, if he's out, uh, we saw what West did last year in, in his opportunities when he was healthy after Charles went down. So, Definitely something to keep an eye on and, and uh, you know, see where these guys are going this weekend. Uh, Jonathan Stewart has uh, an ankle slash lower leg injury. Um, again, against the Denver team, you know, two games in a row now, he's got a lower leg injury. So it doesn't sound like this one's as bad as the one he suffered in the Super Bowl. Uh, he is listed as questionable today. Um, but but still could play, so keep an eye on him. Um, another real unfortunate out for the season injury here is Mr. Keenan Allen. Uh, second year straight that he he's out. Um, you know that's a real blow to to his owners. You know everybody that that picked him up was looking for big things from him, and you know this guy just can't catch a break because he's too busy tearing his his ACL. So try to make humor out of an injury here, poor attempt. But, um, you know, Allen was a guy that that a lot of people were targeting in their drafts, and, you know, he he went down and not even in the play. I mean, it it happened kind of away from the ball. So definitely, you know, definitely unfortunate for him. Um, But keep an eye on Tyrell Williams and uh, even Dontrell Inman, as a uh, you know potential replacement for Allen, both in that offense and potentially in your fantasy offenses. Uh, Tyrell seems to be the, the hotter pickup of the two, but deeper leagues, you know, keep an eye on Inman as well. Um, another receiver issue is a receiver duo, actually, down in Atlanta. We got Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. Uh, Sanu had a real good game last week. And uh, I was a, a hot waiver wire pickup this week. But both of these guys are also dealing with ankle injuries. Uh, both are questionable right now. You know, keep an eye on it. I, I think that they both end up suiting up and playing. doesn't sound too serious, but here again, we deal with these ankles, these feet. Uh, you know, this is another Julio Jones foot-type injury. So, you know, we, we got to definitely keep an eye on him. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Has a knee injury, um, and he is questionable, but should play. Uh, he dealt with uh, this injury throughout the preseason and played in, I think, all but two snaps of the uh, the loss against New England last week. Um, again, this is a guy who's been in the league for 13 years, I believe. So, you know, it could be more of a maintenance thing. They're just trying to keep him fresh for the season. Uh, the last guy I want to mention here is uh, Zach Ertz is dealing with a rib issue uh, suffered in in last weekend's game. Um, He's doubtful right now uh, and and per uh, Philly coach Doug Peterson it's more of a week-to-week issue Um, so we'll see what what that means if it's we're going to play him this week and then we're going to sit him next week and then see how he is the following week or we're going to sit him this week and then he's going to be good to go next week. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what to, to make of that. It's kind of a, you know, I'm talking out of both sides of uh, the mouth kind of issue here with him being listed as doubtful, but only saying it's week to week. So the other issue there is, uh, you know, Brent Selick would get a, get a boost. Um, if, uh, if hurts is unable to go and for a young quarterback, you know, that, that, Veteran tight end presence is is a nice safety net to have. Um, so I definitely could see Selleck getting getting a lot of looks, but the problem is that it's a Monday night game. So you know if you're holding out for Earth, I would probably try to look elsewhere and be able to find someone that's going to be playing on Sunday that you know is going to play and can get you points, other than maybe testing your luck on uh, on Selleck there. So that's all that's all I got on the injuries. You got anything else on that front, Tyler?
1: No, I think uh I think you covered most of it. Um luckily Joe called in about Sammy Watkins or we would have missed a big one there.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so all right, well uh let's go ahead and, and do a little uh quick rapid fire for the week two. Now we've kind of uh drowned out week one pretty pretty well here tonight. Um go ahead and start us off with your your best fantasy game and your worst fantasy games and and why you think they are what they are.
1: Well, you stole my best fantasy game and probably everyone's best (laughs) fantasy game. Um, I'm going to go to Phoenix. I'm going to go kind of off the wall here with uh, Tampa Bay at Arizona. Um, I think... Watching Jimmy Garoppolo move the ball on the Cardinals has me optimistic about Jameis Winston's chances. Um, I'm expecting big days out of both running backs, Um, you know, the usual suspects, uh, Mike Evans. So um, then, of course, on the Arizona side, I would start every receiver there. I'd start David Johnson, obviously, and Carson Palmer just start the whole crew because uh, Matt Ryan actually looked halfway decent against the Tampa Bay defense last week. So um, that is troublesome Um, for the worst fantasy game. I will go to Washington. Um, A lot of people expecting a bounce back from Kirk cousins, but the Dallas defense actually didn't do bad against the giants last week. From what I watched Um, the way that Dallas operates offensively, they like to slow the game down, hand the ball off. Um, short, quick passing game, lots of completions. So uh, time management is, well, besides Terrence Williams, is on the side of the Dallas Cowboys. So uh, I'm expecting this to kind of be a dud. I mean, you start start Ezekiel Elliott and you start Jordan Reed, and then after that it's just kind of a toss-up on, you know, you'll be worrying about, you know, starting Kirk Cousins over some other quarterback or, you know, Des Bryant put up Eight, one catch for eight yards last week. Do you really want to deal with that again? So um, those are my two picks.
0: Yeah, strong picks. I, I definitely like that that Tampa-Arizona game. That was one I was kind of eyeing up myself. Um, but just after seeing what Drew Brees did and, and how well the Giants played against Dallas, I, I had to go with that game. Uh, like you said, it's probably the, the top game of the week, potentially. Um Points-wise, I mean, the Giants' offense is kind of scary to me. Um, I mean, I, I think they're scary good. Um, I think they're going to be able to easily put up a lot of points against New England. You saw what, what their car did, um, you know, what what their running game did. So I really like everybody in that that game on both sides of the offensive pole. Um, I mean, the, the defense is – you know, Giants defense I think is definitely gonna show up a little bit more than than Oakland's may have, but um I do actually like New Orleans to win this game though. I, I think the Giants are gonna put up a good fight, but after last week and losing the way they did, I, I think New Orleans is gonna, gonna come out kinda angry and uh and see what they can put up here. Um and, and I'll gladly take another four touchdowns out of Breeze. So uh, my worst fantasy game, I'm looking at the Seattle at L.A. Rams. Um, again, I looked at the Dallas-Washington and thought, man, both of these teams really stunk it up last week. So it was kind of hard to pick the game on this one because I didn't think that there was, you know, all of the games. I could see the Dallas-Washington, you know, both suffering bad losses the way they did and coming out, Strong and, and trying to put up points, but I mean, just the way the LA played, wow! I mean, they they looked they looked like something um, something that was not good. Uh, I don't know if maybe they left their the first string in St. Louis and forgot to bring them to LA, but you know, Gurley had a down game. Keenum, I think, was the lowest scoring quarterback uh, in fantasy last week. Um I just, you know, I, I feel like Seattle is going to completely stack the box against Gurley and, and force Keenum to throw, and he's probably going to throw multiple interceptions. So I think Seattle's definitely got the edge in this game, but I still need to see more out of them as well. Um, so, uh, like I said, this one was kind of tough to to pick, but that's the one I'm coming up with. So go ahead and uh and roll into our uh our sleepers and busts for the week. I'll go ahead and just get started with my sleepers. Uh going back to that game again uh, that I talked about it was my best fantasy game. I I'm picking Eli Manning. I-, I don't know if he's really much of a sleeper, but I think that uh you know, he's definitely going to come into this game confident. He's going to put up some points and um you know, against that that porous New England defense, which we saw last year too, you know, anybody playing that team has a good chance to put up you know a solid you know high teens you know low twenties points for you. Um, and then I'm going to dip back to your Dallas Washington game for my running back. I'm going with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I I think that uh, you know D'Angelo Williams had a huge game against Washington. Um, some of that, granted, was was garbage time. I feel like in the end there, but he still broke through and and pounded the ground and got yardage, you know, uh, in big chunks and and got two late touchdowns. So I think uh, I think Elliott's going to come out and and he had 20 touches in in week one. So I can easily see him doing that again, if not more, uh, especially if Prescott's going to be kind of faltering. And um, they're going to re- rely on the rookie and, and see what he can do. So I definitely expect a bigger game out of him. Um, and then my receiver sleeper is uh, Mr. Jordan Matthews. Had a had a great game uh, in week one. Um, seems like him and Wentz have a have a nice little uh, connection going there. Um, so I, I think he's. people have already talked about you know him being the the name to own on the Eagles' offense. Um, And he proved it in week one. I think he can keep it going this week uh, against a a pretty poor Chicago defense. So we'll see what he can do. Who do you like
1: this week? I like those picks. Um, I'm a Giants fan, though, and uh, they're going to take that game. Uh, Well, it would not surprise (laughs) me in the least if they just showed up and put a clunker out there. But uh, (laughs) – I'm hoping I'm hoping they take that one. Um the Ezekiel Elliott pick is really, really nice, and that's kind of what I was thinking about in uh picking that as my worst fantasy game. You know, Zeke have a big day and just they don't have to throw the ball, but um so I'll go with uh Blake Bortles as my quarterback. Like you said, not really a sleeper, but um San Diego made uh, made Alex Smith the third highest scoring fantasy quarterback last week. <laughs> Alex Smith, so yeah. um, take that however you may. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Jeremy Langford, and uh, they play a Monday night game against the Eagles. Um, I think the Eagles defense saw kind of a broken offense from Cleveland last week. Um, I'm a big Langford believer. Langford played. I think Langford played over 90% of the team snaps last week, you know, for everybody that was worrying about, Oh, Kadim Carey is going to get goal line stuff. And, uh, Jaquiz Rogers is going to get third down work. Come on people. So Langford obviously has the confidence of the coaching staff. And, uh, I think they're going to unleash him this week against Philly on Monday night football. And then, uh, my last guy is going to be Marvin Jones. Um, so they uh he he had a pretty good game last week. No uh, no touchdown to show for it, but led the league in targets or not the league, led his team in targets. Um led his team in uh, vertical passing targets. If uh I think uh what did they call a dots average distance on targets. Um yeah. led the led the team by like more than 9 yards. So Tennessee didn't face anything like Marvin Jones last week. I mean Minnesota couldn't throw the ball you know, five yards down the field last week with Sean Hill or whoever they had playing. So Marvin Jones is going to kind of be uh, different for them this week, and I'm thinking he's going to be the one out of the uh, the Lions' receiving core that uh, that steps up, has a big game.
0: Yeah, I like those picks, and you know, like we we kind of already talked about Bortles as it was uh, earlier, so I don't want to you know. Sully that too much more, but I I do think he's going to be a good quarterback this year, and and uh, I, I I like where where he's headed, especially this week against uh, against those Chargers. Um, and then um, speaking of Sammy Watkins, I think he just made a hell of a catch actually. But anyway, oh, wow. um, <laughs> Langford, yeah, being an Eagles fan, I I you know let him stay on the field all he wants and hopefully he gets nothing. But I don't think he's that kind of running back. He He's a solid guy and I, I think he's going to have a pretty good game. And, and the Eagles rush defense was pretty bad last year. Um, I was at the game with, uh, you know, where they played the Cardinals and the Cardinals pretty much just destroyed them as it was. But David Johnson really took it to him. So, if Langford can um can get some openings in front of him, uh, I, I am a little scared about what what he's gonna do. Um definitely like Jones as well. I think he's a, a nice compliment to to Golden Tate. So we'll um we'll see what he can put up. But uh going going uh with my busts this week, um I'm I'm looking at uh the other the other ginger of the league, Mr. Andy Dalton. Um he I mean, he had, he had a, an okay game last week. I, I debated on putting him into our our talk for for the younger quarterbacks, but I feel like he he may be a little older than 28. Not 100% on that, but he didn't really warm enough to to talk about. So, um I I just think he's got a tough matchup here. Uh, in Pittsburgh, we saw what they did to, to cousins last week. I don't think he's going to have as bad of a game as cousins either, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him throw, you know, at least one interception. Um, you know, maybe get sacked, uh, what four or five times, probably. Uh, what did he have this past week? Seven sacks on him, I think. So, uh, that'll be interesting. Um, I'm putting uh, Spencer Ware down as my, my running back bust um, just because of, you know, partially because of the injury, but I think he's going to, you know, come back down a little bit. And and if he doesn't play, then, you know, that game has definitely got West's name all over it. Um, so, you know, call it a, a bit of a, a cop-out because of the injury, but... I'm not big on the matchup either. Houston's got a stout defense, so um, whichever one of them plays, I'm not real high on this week. But then my receiver I'm looking at is uh, Dante Moncrief. Um, I do like Moncrief through the season, um, and especially if Luck is going to continue on this this ridiculous pace he started off on. Um, you know Moncrief's going to be a big part of that offense. Uh, I just don't really like the matchup this week for him. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a tougher game than than what he had last week. Uh, so I, I'm just kind of kind of looking at leaving him on the bench this week. Um, you know, going into Denver is never an easy task with that defense. So we'll see. I do think Indian, uh Indianapolis will will potentially win the game, but. I don't know. I'm just not seeing a high-scoring affair like last week.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, for those DFS players out there, though, I mean, that might be a very contrarian like tournament play to go like with a Luck-Moncrief stack, you know, Luck-Moncrief-Hilton yeah. stack or something. Because Luck actually had a pretty good game against the Broncos last year, so just something to think about. But uh, I agree with those picks. My bust... I'll go to the other side of that uh, San Diego Jacksonville matchup, and uh, I'll go to Phillip Rivers. Um, Jaguars actually played pretty inspired defense last week against the Packers, held them under uh, 300 yards. I mean, they didn't. I mean, they didn't you know show up. But uh, as far as uh, fantasy points go for the Jacksonville defense, um, no turnovers and no sacks will do that for you. But um, it's definitely not the defense that we've seen. In uh, years past, they're very improved. Um, Phillip Rivers, we talked about earlier, just lost his uh, his number one t- uh, wide receiver. Um, I mean, there's high hopes for Tyrell Williams, and, you know, he's, he's no Keenan Allen. So we saw last year, too, Rivers had some pretty bad weeks once Allen got hurt. Um, so I, I'm expecting them to try to establish the running, running game a little bit more. But uh, I'm not I'm not very high on Rivers this week. Um, my running back bus this week will be Adrian Peterson. He's going to be kind of in the same situation as Gurley is in Los Angeles. Um, just no, not enough threat of a passing game. And I mean, the Packers are going to be keying in on that run game. They did a very good job against the the Jaguars last week in that regard. So uh, Peterson's my my bus this week, and uh, I'll go Golden Tate. I recently talked about Marvin Jones as a guy that I'm expecting to go off this week, and I think that uh, kind of, you know, hinders Tate's ability to put up some fantasy production in this game. Um, I think the Titans will be, you know, they actually look pretty good against the short passing game, so maybe Marvin Jones gets in there, you know, has a couple of long plays, and it opens up the short passing game, but um, I'm thinking this is going to be more of a, Marvin Jones and hand the ball off kind of game. I don't think the Titans' defense is that good, so um, I think they'll be looking elsewhere rather than Tate. It's kind of a gut pick, but um, that that's where I'm going.
0: Yeah, I, I like it. I, I I agree with the Rivers. You know, it'll be interesting to see what he puts together with these, you know, next man up type guys that, uh, that he's going to have to, you know, adjust with and everything now. Um you know, Peterson was, was definitely a, a downer last year, so we'll see what he can do. But, you know, Tate I, I like the call. I I, I love doing the uh, teammates as, as one guy's good, the other guy's gonna suck this week. <laughs> it's always it's, it's always risky. fun doing that. Yeah, it is, but you know, it's it's uh, it could pay off and uh, and it could work out. So uh, debating on whether or not we, we were going to have enough time for, for Mr. Uh, or, I'm sorry, Dr. Dick Bisbee, uh, sports aficionado and, and rant specialist to stop in and, and see if he wants to come in. But, uh, I, I do believe we have him on the line. So let's, uh, let's go with it. Uh, we'll, we'll see what he's got here. So, uh, Mr. Bisbee, go ahead and take it away. Okay. Well, Dr. Dick Bisbee here, uh, gonna go ahead and rant a little bit on how to be a crappy commish. Uh, it's something that we've talked about on the show before and, and you know, being being a commissioner of a league is an added responsibility. And if you do not want to take on that responsibility, do not be a commish of a league. I see it all the time where group of friends wants to get together and put a league together and try to make it work and this and that. And then it's always back and forth. Well, who's going to do this? Who wants to do this? Who's going to run that? And it's, it's dumbfounding to me because unless you're willing to step up and run it the right way, why even bother? Jump in another league. There's so many of them out there. There's DFS. You can jump in. Don't take the time to put everything together and then fall flat on your face. It's horrible. It it, it doesn't do any justice to the league. It makes people want to not play in your league. And, you know, if you're fine with, you know, crapping on your reputation, sure, go ahead, go ahead and do it. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like it. So we, uh, Joe and I ran into a, a little bit of a conversation about it the other day and, you know, he's got a league where the guy just is horrible. He doesn't pay attention. He doesn't, you know, get on the guys who are in the league that are playing players that are injured or starting guys on a bye week. I mean, you always run into these these people in your leagues in a regular season. And to me, it's up to the commish to get on these people and say, hey, dipshit your team is falling apart, this guy's injured, this guy's on IR, this guy is is questionable, you know, adjust your damn lineup and and let's make it actually feasible here so, you know, kingpin over here doesn't get yet another win and just keep marching on in first place. I mean, you you never want to give a game away. I mean, I get it if you have a bunch of injuries and you don't know who to drop and you're thinking that these guys are only going to be out for a week, but whatever. But that comes more on the managers themselves to be able to run their team. But the commissioner does have to step in and take advantage of it and and do these things. Uh, You know, another big problem I have with crappy commissioners is when they make rule changes, set these rules, and then – you know, don't don't follow them through all the way. Uh, we've got we've got rules in place for a reason. They're they're there to follow and for everybody to know about them. You can't just make rules up as you go, or you know try to benefit yourself. I mean, you have to really look at this from an outside perspective, and if you can't do that, don't be a commissioner. Like you have to just. Not take it in and be like, you know what, how can I do this and make it work for me? It's not going to work for you. It's, it's not the point of it. If you're looking to do that, then, then, you know, have fun finding and keeping people in your league too. Because once they see that that's how you run your league, they're not going to want to play in your league next year. And then you're going to be constantly searching and going through turnover and this and that. And you're going to end up with a league of, you know, computer bots. So if you have rules, you got to stick to them and, and you can't just let them slide because the other player didn't understand the rules and, you know, he went and did this and blah, blah, blah. So you got to make sure that you're consistent. Be consistent, be fair, have, have a, a, a constitution, if you will, for your league. And tell everybody what it is so everybody knows ahead of time what they're getting into. Don't just put all this stuff together at the end of it and then throw it on everybody and say, oh, yeah, by the way, here's what we're doing. This is going to work. No, it's not. It's not going to work. And uh, you need to man up, take on the responsibility, or hand it off to somebody else who knows what the hell they're doing and wants to do it. If you don't, you're gonna have a crappy league and you're gonna be a crappy commissioner and it's gonna suck. So have fun losing your money. Alright, that's all I got.
1: Nice. Nailed it. And I mean <laughs> if you want to be a great commissioner, you know, you keep you keep uh trying to engage your league mates with uh managers' notes or videos. I mean just any sort of effort in that regard. I mean, I've commissioned a couple leagues, and, I mean, the response I get out of the videos is great. I mean, they watch it, and then it makes them want to, you know, work harder, you know, have more trades and all that kind of stuff. So that's another good tip. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: I, – I don't want to call out the one rule that I was talking about, um, but it was in, uh, in a baseball league that I was in this year, and it was like – You know, playoffs came around and one of the guys was just making all these ads and drops and whatever, and he wasn't in the playoffs. And it's like, I get it if it's a Um, keeper league that you want to try to, like, build your league for the next year. But when the rule was posed in the beginning of the season as, hey, we're going to have one keeper – and it's not going to be a free agent pickup, it can only be somebody that you drafted and kept on your team all year, then what What? What the hell are you doing? Like, why are you going and picking these people up? Because you're only screwing the people that are in the playoffs and actually trying to win. So, right? you know, I, I brought it up and, and just said, hey, dude, know the rules stop picking up players. This has been a a, a rule for every year before we were even a keeper league. So now you're jumping in and it's not working out and you need to, you need to stop screwing it up. So either way, the commission finally jumped in and then said, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to revert these picks, pickups and drops. And I'm going to put these players back on this team, uh, all except this one guy, because the other guy, who picked him up didn't, you know, he, he's not, shouldn't be, you know, held accountable for the other guy, not knowing the rules and screwing up. And it doesn't make a difference because I'm playing him this week. So it's only going to hurt me. Well, yeah, it'll only hurt you this week and, and whatnot. But if, if you don't win the matchup, I could potentially come back and suck somebody else. So you need to be, cognizant of that and and just not make up a new rule and make it a change so you know either way i i, I don't know i think it's it's definitely a a finicky topic so as long as everybody is good to go and, and wants to do it that's that's got to be the same but anyway we got a uh, about a minute or so left here before we get Cut off. So, I want to thank you for coming on tonight, Tyler. It was a pleasure having you on and uh, filling in for for Joe. And we'll definitely have you back on later this season. And we'll talk some more football uh, once baseball's over. And good luck the rest of this week in the baseball championship. I hope you uh, hope you pull it out against uh, Joe Suck or whatever the hell his name is. So. <laughs> Good, Thank you, appreciate that. that.
1: And appreciate you having me on as well. Had had fun. All right. Awesome. And uh I guess
0: real quick, I guess if you want to let everybody know where they can find you at.
1: Of course, uh fantastixpack.net. Um yes, Twitter at the real Woody. Um, you know, hit me up with start sick questions, trade questions, or just random thought. I'm game for whatever. Awesome. And uh, you guys can find me at Applegarf Algar
0: um on Twitter. I'm here and there on, so uh if I start getting more uh more more feedback then I'll I'll start answering. But we got ten seconds, we're gonna jump. So thanks, uh thanks again to Tyler for jumping on, thanks again to Richard jumping on, and thanks for Joe jumping on. Good night.